Hello, and welcome to Bringing Education Home. I'm Herb. And I'm Christina. Together, we are bringing you ideas about education, entrepreneurship, and relationships that are both inside and outside the box. If you like the show, be sure to follow Christina on Facebook and leave us a review and stars on your favorite podcast platform. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing Rebecca Moss. She has earned a Bachelor of Science degree in secondary education and mathematics from the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire, a graduate certificate in international baccalaureate, and became a certified parent coach through Mad to Glad. She has worked with children of diverse ages and cultures as a problem solver in the school setting for 10 years. Hardworking parents have benefited from her analysis since 2020. She currently resides in Minnesota with her small family. Amongst it all, Rebecca loves learning, biking, and most things outdoors. So welcome, welcome, Rebecca. Thank you for very much for being here today. Yes, thank you so much. I'm so excited to chat with the two and, and share all of this wonderful information with folks. So that was an awesome bio, but it didn't really give us a lot of information on what it is that that Re Rebecca does. So Rebecca is currently coaching parents of children in the five to eight year old, and you work in communication to help parents learn how to communicate better with their children. Is that correct? Yeah, that's a good way to sum it up. And I like to call these children determined. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, they're the child that maybe is uh, most different from the parents, if there's a, a, a handful of children to be working with, or that definitely have their things. <laughs> and they're different for every child, of course. But understanding what those are as a parent, that's kind of the eternal piece of working through the communication steps. And so we have a few flow charts in a way that we can look at and just kind of get more in alignment between the parents and the children and understand what's happening neurobi neurobiologically as well with the children and even the parents in those moments when we feel the intensity coming or we just kind of... Yeah. Yeah, so we're boiling was, at our boiling point. Very good speak, teacher speak, woman, woman talk. So it's all the guys out there. What she just said is um, parents don't come to her if everything is working really well. So if your kid is acting up and having some behavioral issues and you need some help communicating with that child, learning how to do that. So basically, if your five to eight year old is, is kind of a pain in the butt. And <laughs> then, then, and you want to learn how to communicate and get and, and do better without necessarily breaking your child's spirit, then then Rebecca okay. is a great resource to talk to. So now, guys, with that in mind, all right, so we're gonna learn some more. Go. So yes, Rebecca, I would, one I thing, would be happy to talk to anyone who falls into that category. <laughs> yeah. So one thing I wanted to touch on really quickly before we move forward more about what you do and some tips and stuff for our parents is why is this a passion of yours? Why is this something that you got into? What was kind of the catalyst that started you on this journey of becoming this coach for this age group and these parents? Yeah, thanks for the question. So as my bio said, I've been working in the school setting for approximately 10 years and in a diverse, a, a diverse uh, sort of <laughs> in lots of different places. I'll say it that way. And each location I was, I was looking for the way to reach the most kids. And I was looking for what I authentically felt my, my passion of math, you know, 
math is life. Like anything you can look at, we can talk about how it's mathematical. And you can do that with other subjects as well. And, and that's kind of the cool thing about growing up in liberal arts minded communities is that there's so many different lenses to look at the same topic. Mm -hmm. So moving through that, I was of course, I was connecting with my continuing education credits, continually learning, being a lifelong learner as I do, and came across this program, the Mad to Glad program that seemed like it really got to some of the nitty gritties because when we're not calm and happy and cool, it's really hard to do math. So it was kind of, you know, getting to the root of the issue for a majority, for a large percentage of people. And so as I got more into it, it described really, um, you know, even my own life uh, relationships have changed because I pay attention to these pieces that maybe I had brushed over before. And I think even folks who are feeling like everything is going well, there are still things to look at. So life is just so complex and it's ever evolving. So being able to uh, spend some time on this has been really great in my own life. And I just appreciate talking with the parents and seeing the shift in families because I am such an advocate for children's health. And that's exactly why when we did our pre-podcast chat, I knew this was going to be a great connection for us because Vibrant Family is also all about that. Those parents, those children making lifelong learners, helping the parents coach their children, making sure that education moves forward in a successful way and in the easiest way possible. So I knew that this was going to be a really great connection. I appreciate you being here. So you said um, when we were talking, when you're doing the Mad to Glad thing, that the Mad to Glad actually has more coaching points, program. but mm -hmm. it's coaching program, but you kind of condensed it down to just a couple of smaller points for the younger children in the in the age group that you like. So what what is what are some of these these little points that seem to make such a big difference? Yes. So to bring some highlights to folks who are listening who can get started right away, the three steps S, G, and L. It's a little bit of an acronym for a, a well-known uh, neuroscientist, but the S is really talking about simmer down. So in these points when we're feeling like we're getting to the boiling point, we've got to just turn it down a little bit. And so looking at, well, parents, first of all, what do you need so that you can keep calm in these trying times? And being able to model that for your children and help them find what they need as well is a very large proportion of this. And a lot of parents will say, okay, well, that takes time, that takes intention, which some people can be really surprised actually the amount of time. And if you think about how much time you're spending fighting or postponing or not doing the thing you want to do, it's probably less time than that. Exactly. Yeah. In our in our current day and age, everybody wants a magic pill. They want to be able to hear one thing and suddenly everything will be all better. I, I know that in my healing process that I would love to be able to, to take something and just suddenly have it, it all be right. So so even hearing just this one thing, it's not like, oh, you can pick that up and, and just run with it. So there's lots of 
techniques, lots of different things that you can do with just the the one concept. Mm -hmm. And so simmer down. That's like it sounds easy. So what are what are some of the tools that you help parents bring to that? that that simmer down yeah. and and when you're talking about that is it is it the children that need to simmer down first or is it the parents that need to simmer <laughs> down first or what is the dynamics the in there because you know sometimes when the kids are melting down you can't just especially in the five-year-old you can't just say simmer down <laughs> yeah it's very complex and so uh, you know some of the the g and the l will come more into play here as well but when we're talking about simmer down we're thinking first well, let's not heat it up in the first place, right? So let's pay attention to the way we use our language. A lot of parenting is very demanding and children are their own people. They have their own likes and their own values. Of course, they're influenced by the environment in which they're growing up, but being allowed to make a choice is very empowering. And feeling connected and valuing the relationship is so rewarding that we might not even have to take in to uh, what people think of oftentimes when they hear the word discipline. Mm -hmm. It actually means to teach, right? So we're, we're modeling and taking it in a proactive way to have fewer of those boiling point moments. I love that. Yes. And, you know, we had to, we have two boys and it was very much a difference between the way we handled one child compared to the other child because of those differences of each and every single one of us. And the way that Herb can interact with the boys was even different than the way I could interact with the boys at times because of those differences. So like you said, it's really important to think about those differences and take those into consideration when you're working on this relationship that you're building. Yeah. Herb, do you want to put any sort of translation on that? Your face is maybe saying like, let's no, I actually like that. I was, I was agreeing with that. So <laughs> okay. that, that works. Okay. Yeah. And actually reading below, like what we're doing right now, reading below the behavior, reading into the, into what's saying, not to an extent, like we're blowing things out of proportion, but just hearing the needs that the child is saying that maybe they don't have the language for, but the action is saying, hey, I need some attention or, hey, I need a choice or, you know, different pieces in the way that uh, that's coming across. Yeah. So sometimes when the kids were playing outside and I would be in the house watching them through the window, there would there would come a time where a body stance, a body language where it's like, ooh, something's about to blow. And so you, sometimes you even start moving that way before it, it the the it blows up just because you can see the body language and, and the interaction and the interaction the and, yeah or even just with a toy that that something's not right so mm -hmm. the verbal stuff is is incredibly mm -hmm. important yes and some people say we even have such almost 90 percent of our language is nonverbal communication so those little tips are really important to pay attention to which can be hard when you're you know trying to send a text or when you're trying to shoot out an email out there on your phone and so there's different tips and strategies for how to manage that as well in in the high demand life of of parenthood well let's move on to g what is g all about yeah, so G is all about getting curious, okay. making sure that you are spending that proactive time with your children and learning about what their interests truly are, how they would prefer to spend their time and letting them have a little bit of a say. 
Not to say that they're running the show. No, that's a whole different level. But being able to have their input listened to is in itself validating. Yeah, we've Absolutely. we've seen households where the little ones run the house. And those are not very well put together households. Let's just kind of leave it there. So yeah, the, the children do should should be able to make choices, but but they also need to fit within a structure so that they can learn to grow within that structure. Because without the structure, the children just kind of go wild. Yeah. And so having a dedicated time to make sure that they're getting lit, that that they're being able to lead a little bit is really important so that they can follow when the parents are being the leaders so that we can both do each of the roles. Now, to avoid any further power struggles with that, like this is my time to lead, no, this is my time to lead, while being a little bit proactive and having a family meeting in this step, we would typically set up as well to make sure that there's dedicated time to talk about those pieces and maybe even look you know, a week ahead at how we can best situate ourselves so that we're getting our needs fulfilled and you know, being able to communicate with each other a little bit more clearly. Absolutely awesome, because that is something that we try to bring into the conversation when we're working with parents as well as, is there a routine? Is there a schedule? Is there a way that you can kind of plan your week out that makes it easier for everybody? And bringing in that com conversation that you were just talking about is super important so that needs are met and things that might blow up the schedule can be like either taken uh, at a less serious blow up or to help make sure it goes a little bit smoother. So I, I liken it to the holidays, right? Holidays are awesome and wonderful for most of us. But when our schedules and routines are interrupted, all of a sudden there's extra emotions and things like that. So having these conversations around the holidays or the week before the holidays would be super impactful for the whole family to make sure it goes a little bit smoother. Yeah, for sure. That feeling of uncertainty can be something that raises the temperature for everyone, not just for the kids. And that those family meetings are also a time to kind of revel in the good feelings of loving being together so that it can prevent a little bit of effect uh, of the other parts, you know, the parts that are not as lovely to deal with. We have actually a, pre a preventative portion that we can deal with that that week coming up. So making sure we have enough of that, it's like getting our good vitamins in. Yeah. I love it. You know, it's kind of interesting that it, it seems like we have to learn all of this new kind of information. You know, see, we're we're Gen X. We're 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 old. Um, we're the <laughs> forgotten generation. We're the feral generation. We're the first latchkey kids. Um, we we were like left alone by our parents. Um. And, you know, before that, it, it, this is like the progression of, of generations, because it used to be we had like real strong family units and the whole family stayed together. And so the, the grandparents were raising the kids just as much as the parents were. But within our newer society and the kids leaving home and spreading out and getting jobs and going everywhere, then the parents are left with the children and raising the children and trying to grow their family all at the same time with so much less support than we used to have. And so this, this information that used to be throughout the whole family and the grandparents would actually do a lot more of the raising of the children because the parents in the working age were out working and the grandparents were raising the kids. 
So this kind of generational information was, has has kind of been lost through the years. So so bringing it back to the parents in this way is just so very important. And and it seems like how come we don't know this information? How come you know we've been around for so long? How come we're not doing this naturally? And again, it's it's because of this progression away from the larger family units and the smaller and far, smaller family units that is making this, this a learning curve a for learning all of us. For yeah. all of us. So, so thank yeah. you for bringing the this to us. And so now that we've got through that, so what's the L for? Yeah. Well, if I could just to your point, also, I think a little bit of that isolation is getting us away from the variety of examples in people skills that we would have just naturally been exposed to. And now it's more silence or now it's more a, a program or something that you're watching and absorbing in a different sort of fashion as to those direct human interactions. Yeah, and so, we're all taught to be so polite. And so, so that whenever any sort of conflict, we say, Oh, sorry, back up. We're apologetic instead of being who we are and standing for our beliefs and, and what we, what's important. Yeah, and I think that apologeticness comes from good intentions of of not wanting to rub someone the wrong way, but also there are there are different language skills to get our boundaries across and to convey our needs in a way that's respectful and not encroaching on others. Right. So being able to hear those examples is really big. That ability to to communicate with all of these different groups of people effectively. Yeah. So we become that apologetic stand back don't say anything instead of learning how to communicate with the different groups. Yes. And that flexibility is really key in helping us uh, flow in between them. So the L is standing for, I'm sorry, what'd you? And and that's what you're helping with. So starting at an earlier age, you're bringing these communication skills in earlier. Right. So we can practice them all through home. And once our kids are out in a broader sense, then there's just more to experience. Exactly. So the L. (laughs) Yes. So the L is you you take your pick in the moment, which one is most appropriate, but it is lead, listen, or launch. Okay. I can just start imagining. Okay. So lead, listen, or launch. Okay. Yep. Tell us a little bit more. So of course, depending on the situation, you're going to want to know whether this is a time where you need to provide something for for that instance, or whether you really need to get down and, and hear what more details about what's going on, right? It could also be a time where, hey, they're actually not very happy about it because they, they feel like their power is being taken away. So give them space to grow, mm-hmm. launch them into that particular skill. Which wouldn't just be off the handle. No, we would most likely model the skill for a good amount of time first, actually talk through the different steps and give them time to practice and master those steps as well. So it's not just like, hey, I'm getting pressure. Fine, do it on your own. Well, that feels a little bit different than like, okay, well, hey, we'll take a, a step towards that. And this is something we can tweak and and um, scaffold it for that big teacher terminology there, but you know, set it up in a way where they can um, learn those skills, but not fall over necessarily. Exactly, and that that goes along with my experience from the classroom. We never just handed the student the worksheet or the activity to do. It was always you teach the basics, 
then you practice it together. And then finally you release to let them experience and give it a try and then back up and repeat whatever steps are needed. So I, I have a feeling that's pretty much what you're talking about when, with that launch, you're making sure you're giving them that guidance and teaching and growing and scaffolding along. Yeah. And going back to that listen piece, you know, talking about how it went, debriefing, getting to know which part felt comfortable for them, what felt totally awkward, you know, how does it actually flow with them? Because to hear something and to experience something have a different amount of body memory. It sure does. And now it sounds like we're talking about the kids a lot right here, but we're actually coaching the parents. So we are coaching the, the parent units on how to actually start incorporating this and working with the kids in this manner. Is that correct? Mm -hmm, exactly. Yeah. yeah, because, you know, those little ones, they they need a lot of practice and they need a lot of hand-holding for those first years, especially the five to eight-year-olds. You know, they are just starting to branch out of their shells. They're just exploring the world. They're thinking more outside the box of just instead of just them, that intrinsic, oh, it's all about me, me, me. Now they can start bringing in those ideas of, oh, well, this might impact somebody else. They're having that brain development around that age. Yeah, it's a big period of growth and development, as well as when a lot of parents find out if what they have been doing is working, mm -hmm. or if they want to tweak it a little bit. Before those teenage years, before those other years where it gets even more critical to have this communication in place. Yeah, I love that, Rebecca. It is so awesome that, you know, helping the littles, I call them the littles. They were my favorite age group when I was teaching the kindergarten through second-ish grade, you know, <laughs> helping them know that, you know, they don't have to learn it all by themselves. And there is guidance along the way and then letting them start exploring and sharing their own personality through that time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And would tie in so well to the vibrant family education and bringing it home, remembering that parents are the lifelong teacher for the child the rest are changing and rotating but hey we get to stick with them right exactly they, they don't get to go up on the shelf and and bring them back a couple of years later we we are through them with them from birth through hopefully you know 18 19 and then we have a good enough relationship that when they are off in the world they'd like to come back and talk with us and share their life with us and keep moving and growing together as a whole family so as parents do start working with you, what kind of shifts do they see in their mm -hmm. children? So they're coming to you for, for some reason. So what, when they start working, how soon do they start seeing shifts? What kind of shifts do they have? What, what happens in the families as they work with you? So typically we would meet approximately once every two weeks. Mm -hmm. And even within that first meeting, parents can oftentimes say like, okay, I see some difference because they have totally tuned into to that different landscape that the child's experiencing from, as opposed to, you know, when things are busy and we feel like there's a lot to manage, sometimes as parents, we can think what we have to do and we can think what our kids need. But to actually take in from their perspective and their, their experience is one more step that can say, okay, they're not seeing it my way and brings in a whole piece of empathy, which oftentimes creates that natural connection. 
Absolutely. I can see that because, you know, once you learn something about somebody, it really, yeah, it makes that connection. I mean, one of the things that we do in the classroom is really try to take our first week of classroom time to build those connections to learn about our kids. What are your likes? What are your dislikes? What activities help you learn better? When do you feel shy? When do you feel excited and exuberant? So that connection. And as parents, hopefully that's been growing and building but as they're doing these brain development in this stage, that shifts and so changes. Kind of as a dad, from dad yeah. perspective, after a couple of years of a baby not really being able to do anything, they're really boring. The dads kind of start to lose interest a little bit. Got to tell you, okay, um, until they can start playing. And then that, that communication piece isn't mm -hmm. really all that very much there. So it's like... I kind of thought that like the kids were mine. They were for me to do stuff with and I didn't necessarily have to, you know, take into account what they wanted. Because again, that's not how we grew up. It's like when we grew up, it's like a, we did what our parents wanted. Mm -hmm. So the idea that that taking that in is is a different kind of a shift. So most parents, especially by the time that children develop to start thinking, they have been taking care of their kids and doing everything for them because they haven't been able to do that. So to yeah. give that to them is sometimes a difficult shift for parents to make. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when we think about the long-term, really, we're hoping to grow to, uh, capable adults, right? Right. They're, they're very small, but they're growing into be capable adults and looking at the long-term, what skills do you want to give them? They're, there's a lot of age appropriateness here, but that also that shifts kind of depending on on different countries and different cultures. And so, you know, they're malleable and even each family can have their their unique values as well to bring to the table. So even as that baby, you know, when we're talking about body language, mm -hmm. they've got, they're saying a lot. They are. And there's that that relationship can develop from from even such a young age in, in terms of playing with the child, you know, and what that feels like and what that looks like. And, you know, back to your point that you had said earlier about the family unit kind of spreading apart, you don't necessarily watch someone else doing that who's a little bit older than you. And there's just all of these skills that what we would say are are natural nurturing characteristics that would feel a lot more natural if it was happening around you. So being able to pick up on that communication can, um, well, we're, we're saying, we're going for the point that this is what's tying us back together, right? This is bringing right. community back to our communities. Exactly. Let's bring these families together, keep that communication growing and changing and the different life stages and make sure that they are happy, healthy, and successful as they get older and more capable and, and i do tend to say things trying trying to be shock and funny so i my kids weren't exactly useless to me no. i did spend a lot of time with my kids and and <laughs> he was i, I loved my kids and had spent a lot of time playing and, and enjoying the time with my children so yeah but again the the transition from them not being able to make decisions to when to start giving them that and to when to start paying attention to that is that 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 subtlety was really lost on a lot of us. We we had no idea. We weren't given any sort of information like that when we were growing up. So 
So that you're doing that now that parents have that kind of opportunity to, to maybe prevent some traumas earlier is just fantastic. So I really appreciate what you're doing. All right. So just to recap, we have the S and the G and the L, the three different stages that you work with to help families grow and communicate and become closer with their children and a, a little bit more of a balance. So it's not just the parents saying, kids do this, this, and this. Let's get the kids input and help them grow and develop and change. Rebecca? Yeah, we like to call them the stabilizers, like a tripod. They're the three legs to lean on. Yeah. That is excellent. So Rebecca, tell us, tell our families and our audience a little bit more about um, what your program might look like and how they get a hold of you. Let's make sure that we leave this conversation with extra things that can help our families and you get connected and help our children be successful. Yes, for sure. So I do have a Facebook, a NUMA EDU LLC. You can definitely contact me there. And there is a website with the same name. NUMAEDU at gmail.com is a great way to contact. Just reach out if you're interested. I do have a, an evaluation that you can fill out just to kind of feel and say, okay, how intense is this really? Is this something that would fit well? So we can start that step immediately. And also a free gift that should be attached here on, on the iPod as well Maybe is like, yeah, it's a little bingo board. It's just kind of a fun thing to post up on the fridge or even formally sit down on a family game night to launch into conversation. No, it's not quick, like a typical bingo where you just say, oh, I have that and I don't have that, but it's, you know, you get a chance to actually call out one and get into a deeper conversation about something that you might not have thought about. And it's meant to be very well balanced. So you're talking about, you know, just to throw out a couple, it can be um, which uh, podcasts you've been listening to lately or which ones you really connect with, or maybe it's talking about which flora and fauna you're familiar with and what you want to know more about your environment and just little pieces like that that can uh, spur a deeper conversation. I love it. Thank you. That will be really valuable for our parents because they'll be able to open that up and have some more of these conversations and, you know, really get to know our kids. Unfortunately, I see so lots of times, you know, there's so much technology in our hands a lot of times. That's another reason why some of these conversations and learning about our children isn't happening. So this is great. Sit down with your kiddos, play a game, do bingo, have deeper conversations. Thank you. That will be excellent and very helpful. Yes, I've so enjoyed talking with you today and um, being able to share this with more folks because I feel the more of us know about deeper connections, just the tighter we'll be held together. Exactly. And we appreciate you being in our circle of network because like I said, we were we're building this resource for parents. So now we have a communication expert that works with our younger, our five to eights. We've had other um, experts come on and talk about those communications with our teens and tweens. And then of course, all the other different things that we bring with bringing education home. So you will be a valuable asset to add into our library. And I hope parents think about and work with you, reach out and connect with you. Thank you. Thank you. And totally, totally appreciate what you do because like I said, We've, we've moved so far away from where we were that we have to create new tools to figure out how to, to stay together and grow 
And, and again, what you're doing is in the middle of that. And it's so very valuable and, and helpful for, for the continuation of, of our society and, and being able to grow together. So thank you. Thank you for what you do. Thank you. And thank you for bringing the group back together and, and helping to bring these skills to the home again. Absolutely. Thank you very much. All right, audience, that is it for this week. We hope you've enjoyed the show and taken away a few of those nuggets each week that we hope you're looking for to help make sure our families are happy, healthy, and successful. Until next time, this is Herb and Christina. Thank you, Rebecca, and we'll talk to you all later. Bye for now.